Oh no! I had I I had a good opening and I forgot to bring it home. Oh well, I'll just say this is opinions are cheap, and I'm Cameron, and it'll it'll go over here. It's my friend Chad. Hi, Chad. Hi. I, I don't have anything good to open with either. Yeah. Sometimes I think of stuff that would be funny, but like in a dumb non sequitur way, and then I don't get set up for it. And then the one time I get set up for it, I don't have anything. You had a really good opening on the comics podcast where you did that Batman fan fiction. Was that really though? Because it was dumb I, as honest, shit. Well, it was it was that kind of dumb sense of humor that we have, mm-hmm. but it was also more engaging than Detective Comics one thousand. Evidently, did you actually read Detective Comics one thousand? Nah, I just wanted to sound like part of the club. Oh, nah, nah. You're, you're in the club. <laughs> you're in the cool kids club, and we only use C's, no K's there. We're yeah, Richard, racist. stop forcing that on me. Oh, <laughs> uh, we have fun here. Yeah, we do. Yeah, it was it was weird reading that, right? Because I'm just, like, waiting for my co-host to laugh, and, like, it took, like, two paragraphs for, him, for me to get a laugh out of him. And I was just like, oh, maybe they don't like it. Well, I liked it. I liked. It. I think. I think one of my favorite parts was when you you pointed out that not only was one of the clues a red herring, but also like how you spell red herring is a, a interesting discovery on your part. So you yeah. put that into the narrative. <laughs> I have. Yeah. I, alcohol is interesting. We're not drinking this month. Yeah, it's a dry April. Um, April showers, no thanks, hashtag dry April. Frickin', frickin' April, she'd go see them Mutant Ninja Turtles, but they're all wet, and she's like, no, I'm a dry April. There's, um, out, out, no, in like a lion, out like a sober, responsible, um, citizen in society. Yeah, that's my favorite one, it rolls right off the tongue. Which you don't put on April's vagina, because she's staying dry. Yeah. I made it gross. Yeah. I got M&M's in my mouth. Um, nom, nom. Nice. I'm drinking coffee. I'm With drinking no Mountain Dew Baja Blast. There you go. I will say, right now, I'm probably going to get a little drunk on Friday, because my friend's in town. <laughs> so dry <laughs> April will last for like five days. I'm thinking I might put some vodka in my Mountain Dew Baja Blast. <laughs> Come on, you gotta at least hold out till Friday. No, I'm gonna be good this month. Okay. Um, tonight was trivia night with the guys, and I'm like, oh, um, I can't. I'm I'm doing Dry April. I'm not drinking this month, which is a really cool excuse to get out of that. <laughs> I have two concerts this month too. I picked a bad month for this. <laughs> well, you know, if we if we mess up, maybe we just try again next month. But I, I think you can go, do it. Yeah, I, I think. Well, if I do twenty eight of the thirty days, I'm gonna be like good enough. That's an A, right? That's like ninety some percent. That's a February in my book. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because we didn't do February because we were just like, well, twenty eight days. That's meaningless. Like, let's yeah, let's be take the shortest month to do this. So how was how was your day? It was alright. Anything cool happened this week? Um, I'm doing, so my, a couple weeks ago I mentioned that my, my boss left, and so I'm filling in on some of the, the paperwork duties and the, 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 uh, talking to people, getting subcontractors in for stuff, and that's been interesting. I, we got a lot, we, we work with some weird people. We had this guy come in, he was great. He was wearing jeans, a denim shirt, and then a denim jacket, so he was just like, the most blue man. And uh, just, like, the way he talked, he had, like, it reminded me of, like, Boston and also just, like, Midwest. And it was, like, these don't belong, and yet they're coming out of your mouth. And the way you're moving and enunciating and and, and everything was just great. I was like, I want to talk to you more because I want to know how you talk so I can make characters sound like you. <laughs> Which is one of those, like, if you know me, you're not safe from, from being turned into a character in a story. I don't know if that's flattering or insulting to people. I'm not. I've never thought about it too hard. I'm sorry. What was that? I said. Never mind. Doesn't matter. How you doing? Okay. Um. Okay. So something interesting happened this morning at the gas station. I go to the gas station like normal, and then 
I saw, um, I'm pretty sure, because she looked just like her, I saw Natalie Portman. Oh. And she was, like, vomiting in the trash outside the 7-Eleven. I don't think that was Natalie Portman. And the guy came out to kind of shoo her away, but it was like, what are you doing? It's Natalie Portman. <laughs> and she was looking pretty good. Like, you know, not, I mean, by human standards, not that great, but it's like, oh, look, it's Natalie Portman. And it's like, I was a little starstruck because I like Star Wars, even if she's not that great in Star Wars. And Did it was you like, tweet at her about it? Yeah, but I haven't gotten a response back yet. Did you seriously do that? No. Oh, God, I was going to go find it. I was, I was hopeful. <laughs> That would be that would be a bizarre tweet. I feel like that would be like one of the least offensive things a creepy person has said to her. Right? I mean <laughs> I you know what? Let me just I'll do that right now. Um Twitter was a mistake. Let's see. But we might as well enjoy it while we have it. Natalie Portman. Um none of these look real. <laughs> so maybe maybe one of these people was who I saw at the Gas station. Um, <laughs> I think she's just. Oh, that person's not verified. But it's forty six. Well, I feel like Natalie Portman would have more than forty six thousand followers. I don't. Twitter's weird. It doesn't work right. This one's official Portman. The that point is five hundred forty. Yeah, this is dumb. We don't have to keep doing this. I saw a celebrity today, and it made me think about the fun uh, a career that actors make as a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the topic today. Actors, acting. Ugh. That was that was how clever I got. Mm-hmm. This is a great episode. I love you. Okay, here's what we gotta do: is you gotta tell the folks about Substation Thirteen or whatever, because that was sort of what kicked this off. I, I'm sorry. What did you call it? <laughs> I call it Substation Thirteen. Is it not so? Is, is it Space Station? What's what's it called? Yes, Space Station Thirteen. Yeah. I watched a video um, on it, and it's fucking bonkers. Did you watch the Oni plays? I watched the one you linked me. Oh, I, I sent you the Seth T. Snack one. Yeah, that was very funny. I need to send that to my brother, because he would get a kick out of it. He probably plays it, and you don't even realize. No, I was describing the game to him, and he was interested. Like, like this would be something he might want to play. Is it free? Yeah. It's borderline browser-based. You can just We could play it right now while we're doing this. Hmm. Except you probably can't. You have to really concentrate on the bizarre controls. It's hard to play. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> so, so real quick, um, if anybody out there doesn't know what Space Station 13 is. Okay, no, back up a little bit more. Last week we were talking about puppetry and how much I like VR chat. Yes. And it got me thinking about why do I like VR chat so much? Because I'm just, I'm having so much fun with it and there's nothing there. But I enjoy it so much. And I realize that what I'm really getting out of this is just an opportunity to improv. Mm-hmm. And it's the same reason I like Comedy Night. Yeah, Comedy you know? Night. And it's like, okay, so what other games can I just do improv on? And then I thought of Space Station 13, which I never tried before. So it's like, okay, let's go, go ahead and just bite the bullet there. Um, I wrote up the whole thing for you, didn't I? Yeah, you did. You, you um, sent me like this giant wall of text that made no fucking sense. Because you're just like, and then I lost my hand, and I got taken to the medical bay, and they locked okay, me in the medical it is. bay. And... So I, I wrote this out because I, I felt like I would forget some of these details before the show, so I wanted to send this to you ahead of time. So this is my first game of Space Station 13. I I didn't really know, like, I didn't understand what picking a job meant. I didn't realize how much it, like, locks you into your job. So it's like, well, what are the jobs I can pick? And Mime jumped out. So it's like, okay, I'll just be the Mime, I guess. You're supposed to pick, like, doctor or engineer or chemist or something. And it's like, no, I'll be the mime. So I don't know what I'm doing. I found out that being mime means that you can't talk. So I didn't know how to communicate anything. So it's like, okay, well, instead of helping, I'll just, like, wait out the round. So I went to the gym, and I got a folding chair, and I set the folding chair so I could just sit and watch all the guys in the gym. And uh, this guy comes out. And he didn't seem to like that I was just sitting there staring Wait, at I got, him. I gotta stop right there. Are there just people, like, lifting weights in the gym with this game and just, like... There were, like, two guys, but... Okay. I think there one of them left. two guys. Yeah. One and then the one... Chat. <laughs> so, the one guy comes out. He didn't seem to like that. He didn't say anything about it, but he just, like, walked up and punched me once. And I'm like, well, what the heck? I had a cigarette in my hand, so I just flicked my cigarette at him. Now, he's really angry, so he drags okay. me into a closet. I gotta snap you again. So, you, did you spawn with the cigarette, or did you find it? 
I spawned with a pack of cigarettes. And then you can, like, what, click on it and click on him and it'll, like, say you throw one at him? Does, is there, like, a visual cue? Do you throw it on the screen? What, how, does, how does this work? So the cigarette's in my hand, and it's equipped in my hand as an active item. Okay. And I click on, instead of the use item, I clicked on the throw item, and I clicked on him, and it, like, spirals out of my hand and physically bounces off of him. Okay, so you actually physically threw a cigarette at this person who punched you, which... And also, I physically aimed it at his face. Okay. Supposedly... So it wasn't an accident. I think you can target specific things, like eye or mouth, but I, I don't know how to do that yet, so I targeted head, so I flicked the cigarette at his head. Okay. Um. So anyways, he drags me into a closet and starts beating me up. He's done beating me, and it's like, whatever, I don't even know what, what, what this closet is, so I'm like looking at what's near me to defend myself in case he comes at me again. Mm-hmm. Closest thing to me was this machine, and it's like, what's this machine do? It's a printer. So it's like, oh, what do you mean it's a printer? So I'm like clicking it, I'm navigating it, and it prints labels for shipping containers. Why is so this I, in a video game? So I printed out a label that says deliver to refuse pile, and then I took that label and I it, I applied that to his chest. And that made him very angry. Say, that's a good burn. <laughs> so I thought so, and my so options that, are limited as like mine. A, a, Pre, like a handful of things that you can print, right? You didn't type in yeah. deliver to refuse pile. It was an option. Okay. Yeah. And a little barcode comes out. So now there's a barcode on I'm them. legit curious. I'm not trying to drag this oh, out. Oh, like no. Th- this game is questions. fascinating. It is. We Honestly, we should try it. In fact, it might be easier if we were playing it because we can be on voice chat. Yeah. Um. Let's get Joe involved. We'll do that. Joe would be down. I want to be... Apparently, you can be like dark wizards in the bottom of the ship. Yeah. I haven't I'm been able about- to do that yet. I want to try that. Or just being the janitor seems fun. Which is the dumbest thing I've ever said about a video game. Like, I don't want to play a fucking janitor in a video game. Dude, the three of us should pick janitor, and we'll make characters that look like the Three Stooges. Okay, that would be really funny. (laughs) We'll just, you know, like, just hit... Well, whenever there's a mess, we'll just, like, slip on the blood and then hit each other, and... (laughs) 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 So I barely started my story. So, anyways, he he grabs me, and he's, like, bashing my head into the floor. And I get a concussion, and I'm having trouble seeing things, and he leaves. So it's like, well, I should probably seek medical attention. Because that's what this flashing screen is telling me to do. Okay. So I, like, limp all the way to the medical bay. And I am, like, I'm tapping on the glass. Um, I, I think at one point I took my shirt off and threw it at the glass because I didn't know how to get someone's attention. And they're ignoring me, and it's like, can they see me? What's going on? And then some other guy, like, walked by, and he taps on the glass, and he goes, hey, this mime is dying, and then he just, like, walks away. So the surgeon is like, fine, and comes out, and, like, drags me to the table, and, like, gives me medicine or something to make me feel better. So I get off the table. I'm still in the operating room, and I just kind of get off, and then (laughs) I take out another cigarette and just start smoking it. Like right there, and then I passed out, <laughs> and I don't know exactly why. But then the the surgeon, who I think maybe was expecting me to pass out, depending on what she injected me with, mm-hmm. um, takes my body and puts it back on the table, and then she says to her assistant, "I'm gonna I'm gonna give this guy a robot heart." And so <laughs> she goes over to the 3D printer to print out a robot heart. The assistant, when she's not looking, like came over. And the assistant slipped me, like, an empty fire extinguisher. And it's like, well, okay, why do I have this? Like, why did this person give it to me? And then he just walked away. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh no. So I, I kind of hid it behind me, like, under my body. How do you and do the, that? Because it's a top-down game. The graphics aren't good. So what I, you have in your hand is, like, visible. Okay. And someone can inspect your body, and they'll see that you have it on your person. But if you don't have it immediately equipped, it'll kind of visually disappear. Okay. So while they're, like, handling things and they're getting the the medical equipment ready, they don't notice that I have this big red fire extinguisher bottle. Excuse me. So the surgeon comes back and they're like, okay, let's get started. I whip out the the fire extinguisher and I just start bashing her in the skull with it until she gets knocked out. And then I was like, ran over to the exit, and I'm like trying to break the glass to get out because I don't have medical clearance to open the door. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> just like banging it. <laughs> she got back up and ran up behind me and handcuffed me, um, and then like injected me with something, and I passed out again. 
A doctor with handcuffs is terrifying, by the way. That's a bad image. Well, that's the other thing. I'm wondering where she got the handcuffs, because I don't think that's a standard thing in the med bay. <laughs> I imagine you weren't the first person. She's like, you know what? Let's give this guy a robot heart. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's doing the surgery, and I don't know if she's even doing the surgery right or not, because my character kept screaming. <laughs> you broke the... You're supposed to be a mime, Cameron. You're not supposed to say anything. And the captain over the PA, he kept saying, reminder to the crew, it is unhealthy for humans to have hearts outside of their body. Please stop removing hearts. But the surgeon didn't seem to care. And she just kept doing that. Um, And there's like, <laughs> there's just like blood everywhere. And I'm like crawling around and trying to fight back. At one point, like I wrestled a scalpel from her and I, I tried to attack her with it, but I couldn't like disable her. So I just like threw it at her. And- so how does the combat work then, right? Because... You just like, is it like you tapping buttons? Is it a quick time event? Are you pushing like a button that is punch? Um, um, no, you just sort of, whatever you have in your hand, if you click on somebody, then that's an attack. Okay. So this is, this is another frustrating thing. And you, you have to learn the controls to get out of some, like, it's, it's not super intuitive. So like I picked up a pen and then I found paper and I was like, well, I wonder if I can write a note on the paper and leave it somewhere. So I, equip the pen and then I click on the paper and it says you hit the paper with the pen and like it does pen damage and it's like the default is to just attack things with whatever you have equipped and it's like okay I'm sure there's something here but for some reason I'm just going around punching everything that I see Mm -hmm. so I I have to I have to kind of figure out some of the controls yeah it makes sense because that would be it seems like that would impede your enjoyment of the game a little bit. I mean, it kind of depends on if you just want to be a jerk. Um, some servers seem really, like, focused on serious roleplay and, and, like, actually trying to complete the mission and play the game as intended. And then other servers are just, like, you log in and the spawn room is covered in blood. Which means that <laughs> <laughs> whatever happened, they ran all the way to the escape pods and maybe they made it, maybe they didn't, but... Right. Oh, there was, uh, like, the other game I tried playing... I, I didn't know what was going on, but the chat was going crazy. Like, somebody kept saying, like, you uh, you got the loaves out. And it's like, the loaves are here. I'm in here with four loaves. And it's like, what's going on? And then this giant floating bread, like, flew down a hallway and killed me. Jeez. So it's like, I don't know. There's a lot in this game I do not understand. Yeah, I was talking to my brother about it, right? Because it was just sort of like, how, does, how do you go about making something like this? Because I doubt, like, everything was programmed with this much specificity, there's probably a lot of, uh... I can't remember their terminology he was using, but it's sort of like, you make these groups or families, and then they can react to other things, and that's kind of programmed in, but how... Because it's a family, it's not a specific object, it could be a variety of objects that are in this family, like, then you get... You can get a lot of weird options, but it's... It's done in, like, a database function or whatever. It's not like... A thousand if statements uh, is how kind of I put it to try and understand. Because I don't know how programming works, but yeah, I mean, there, there's basically like there's items that count as foods, mm-hmm. and there's going to be foods that are also in the liquids database. Like at one point, I I found a water cooler, so it's like well, I bet I can get a cup of water, and so I went and I clicked on the water cooler, and it gave me a cup. So I tried to drink it, and I said, "You can't eat a cup." I was like, okay, so I tried to use the cup on the water cooler, and I hit the water cooler with the cup. And then I tried to examine the water cooler, and I could withdraw water, so I put water in the cup. And then I tried to drink the water, and I poured it out on the floor. And it's like, okay, the tools are here. Technically, I can do whatever I want to if I know the right button to press. Okay. But something simple like, I want to drink water, is not uh, the first option anywhere you know what i mean sure in fact i kind of wonder now if you if you have a cup full of water and i try to throw it somewhere will i throw the cup full of water or will i like toss the water out of the cup and i still have the cup yeah i don't know that it's like it's stuff like that where or there was an example in that seth video where he got like a it was like a dart gun or something that he he <laughs> what did they do like they they, they got a bunch of um well, they got Twinkies. Yeah, they got Twinkies, and then they injected the Twinkies with acid um, or some kind of hallucinogen, 
and then they put the Twinkies inside the dart gun and realized that they could aim the dart gun in people's mouths and it would force feed them the Twinkie. Yeah. And then Larry's like, oh, that's kind of funny that you can do that. So they went around force feeding everyone Twinkies and then like the time delay hallucinogen kicked in and everybody's like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it is a neat vessel for like pure chaos, right? Which is interesting to me. But I just, part of me is like, this seems fun, and most of me is just like, this seems not that fun. Like, there's just a lot there, and I'm not, I don't know, it just doesn't quite appeal to me. I know you're into the roleplay stuff, into the acting and improv, and I'm definitely, like, not so much. So that's what I wanted to talk about. You you write books. You've written several books now. I know. You love, like, you have these characters that are interesting and interact in different ways. So I'm very interested in the way that you don't like acting or improv. I guess, to me, because if I'm writing a character, it's not me, right? Where I feel like if I'm acting or improving, there's still... It's still me pretending. And then I feel like people are judging <laughs> me based on how good or bad I'm pretending. And so I think a lot of it is just kind of that, like, insecurity of, like, I don't want people to <laughs> laugh at me. Yeah, that's a very interesting thing, because for me, acting is like, as soon as I put on that mask, I'm not me. Sure. And like, well, it's like with the VR chat, I've been doing that harpy character, where I just go around like clicking and making bird sounds. And it it seems to delight some people and upset other people. And it's very interesting, because none of them go, Cameron, take off that silly VR headset right now, mister. Right. They go, ah, Harpy. And it's it's rewarding when that's the first impression is, whoa, what is that I'm looking at? Sure. I just remember, like, way back in, like, English class where I had to read a passage from a book with feeling and act it out or whatever, and that was, like, the assignment. And I just fucked it up. I couldn't do it. I just... And it, that, that, that hasn't left me at all. And so, I, I don't know. It, it's weird. Man, I wanted to get into drama class. Did I, did I ever tell you the story? I'm not sure. I don't think so. So this was um, this was still elementary school. Uh, so I guess what is that? Fifth grade. Oh, it's like yeah. the latest. Yeah, I think so. Fourth or fifth? I guess it depends on your school, but I think I was in fifth grade. And so it's still it's elementary school. We don't have the uh, like the different classes. It's just you have your one classroom, but they had this elective program on Fridays where. Friday afternoon, they kind of had this thing where there were different specialty things that you could choose what you want to do. So there was like an art room, and there was like someone organized a baseball game, and there's just all these different sort of things. And the idea was to encourage people to get outside of their comfort zone and try different things. Yeah. So uh, one Friday, it's like, okay, I'm going to try the drama class because uh, you know acting might be fun. I really like movies and TV shows and things. And uh, it's like, well, I don't know. But you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's, it's kid logic. That's like, well, I like movies. Of course, I like acting. So we sit down in the acting class and the teacher, without giving us anything to work with, is like, well, we should just let's let's just start acting. Let's just do an improv scene. And say, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like no one in the room knew what she was talking about. And it's like, OK, um. Uh, Paul and Cameron, come up here. It's like okay. It's like okay. We're gonna do an improv scene. Uh, okay. Paul and Cameron, you're walking to school, and you walk all the way to school, and you you're just about to get to school when you realize that Cameron, you're not wearing any clothes at all. And it's like okay, well that's embarrassing, and I still don't know what improv is. Yeah, that, that seems like a, not a good way to start this with uh, fourth graders so, or fifth graders. So it's basically all the attention's on me. It's like, haha, Cameron's naked. But also, the, Paul has no direction at all. So it's like, what is he supposed to do? And like, at the time, I was mostly just thinking about myself and how awkward I feel. But like reflecting on this now, it's like, what was Paul supposed to do? <laughs> There's like yeah. no direction here. And again, no one in the room knows what improv is. I thought acting was you get a script. Right. You know what I mean? This this is fifth grade. And so I'm just kind of like, I'm just like petrified up there. It's like, uh, I, I don't know what to do. 
and Paul's just kind of standing there, and it's like, I, um, Cameron, you don't have clothes on. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, and the teacher's just standing there and like waiting for us to do something. Sure. This went on not for very long, and That's I remember good. sitting down, and then like, she was like, "Okay, well, let's do something different." And then like, she passed out. Um, like it was scripts of Romeo and Juliet, and just asked us to read the script for the rest of the class, and no one else did improv. And I don't think we actually got to any acting either. So is this and, where your love of cringe humor came from? Um, it, it, no, <laughs> I I think I liked cringe stuff before that. Okay. But this is why, when middle school came around, I did not sign up for theater. Okay. Um, That's a shame. Like, like, you get one bad example of something, right? And it kind of ruins yeah, the perception it, of it for a while. And and honestly, getting into, like, Mega64 and listening to those guys, in hindsight, I really wish I could, like, go back in time and tell young Cameron that's like, hey, elementary school teachers don't know what they're talking about. Right. <laughs> don't, don't believe any of their lies and also join theater class. I'm from the future. And then young Cameron's going to go, are dinosaurs back yet? And I'm going to go, yes, but only if you join theater class. <laughs> I always think about stuff like that, right? Like, I don't, I know we had some kind of drama theater thing in high school because there's still like, like, I know someone who was involved with the plays now, and I imagine that didn't just start out of thin air. And while I wasn't like a cool person in high school at all, like I was definitely on the bottom of the totem pole. Stuff like joining choir or acting or any of that stuff, I always just thought, I was like, that just seems so lame at the time. And now that I'm an adult and kind of appreciate some of that more, I'm just like, man, I kind of wish, like, if I had joined choir in high school, I wouldn't be a garbage singer right now. I wouldn't know how to do it. It'd be a skill I'd have. Fuck that one up, you know, kind of thing. Oh, oh, I just remembered some, like, this isn't a repressed memory, but I forgot about it. This was before the drama class incident. Uh, our elementary school got to go to the middle school and see one of their theater performances. Okay. That's what really got me interested in class. Because it was so cool. It was like, I think it was, it was a zombie story about these, like, these people, uh, get trapped in a mansion and then zombies attack. And there's not a much to the story. Like, it wasn't super, like, great. It wasn't referencing any, like, known IP or anything. Like, I think the drama teacher might have written it. <laughs> but it was that made it feel new you know sure. what i mean and it's just it was just middle school kids acting it out but when you're like in elementary school those may as well be adults yep and it's like this is so cool because it was like it was a little more scary and gruesome than anything i'd seen on television because like i wasn't allowed to watch stuff like that and so it was just this amazing like i get to watch a zombie you know play and there's like zombies attack and there was this one part where towards the end of the first act somebody's like cornered in the back and um they have a gun and they're like shooting the gun at some of the zombies and and like he hits one and the zombie like fell back and actually like rolled off the stage into the audience a little bit um and like turned around and like was like climbing back onto the stage and like growling and stuff and it was like this immersive experience where it's like, he, oh, it's like he left the stage. It's like zombies are real. This like cool feeling that the the magic of theater was bringing forward. Mm-hmm. And it was like, as a little kid, it's like, man, I want to do this really bad. <laughs> this is cool. What's improv? Yeah. I remember having, when I was in, I think, fifth or sixth grade, we had to do some... we. Someone brought in some little play, and everyone had to be a character or be involved to an extent in it. And so I think between, like, the 14 of us or whatever, we all had, like, one or two lines except the person who was, like, the lead. And so we practiced it, and I and I, and I had, like, the one line, and I had to say it as if I was, like, upset. Or I had to, like, whine it out, you know, like, oh, I can't, you know, be disappointed. And I remember the first time I did it, and people, like like, laughed and kind of clapped or whatever, and I thought they were, like, laughing at me because I did a bad job, and I, and then, like, after the fact, I was like, or maybe they thought I did a good job, and they were just like, oh, he's getting into this. But that was, like, the first and last time I ever had to do anything like that, and I'm just like, yep, don't need to ever do anything like that again. It was a weird experience, because we had to do it, like, for every class. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, by the end, I was just like, I don't, I I don't want to be here anymore. I hate this. 
Yeah, public schools are really hit and miss sometimes. Yeah. Uh, um, let me rephrase that. Schools are really hit and miss sometimes. Yeah, because I was actually at private school. <laughs> I, I mean, there's no there's no perfect system, because mm-hmm. if there was, we'd figure that out by now. And I remember in, in college, right, like, I was trying to find some burner credits for a, a semester. I was like, okay, I need two credits to get 18 so I can graduate out of time, and they can be fucking garbage credits. And there was theater appreciation and music appreciation. And it's like, which one do you want to be doing? I was like, well, what do I have to do in the theater class? Because, I, I, you know, I read a lot of plays, right? I'm an English major. Like, well, you'll have to read this play and then act the scene out as your final. It's like, doing the music one, because I'm not going to act. I'll just have to listen to dumb music and write, like, a short essay on it. Then that'll be it. That was a fucking dumbest class I ever took in high school and college. What a waste of my time, but... Free A! That's good. Just like, I like plays. I read. I try to read a Shakespeare play like once a year just so I can feel pretentious. But I, I do like doing it, and so I, I just I just can't do that that other, you know, I can't go over the edge and, and actually want to like be in it. Here's why I would probably never be a good like live musician, because I would just be up there terrified. Why is everybody watching me? You know, that's another thing. I've, I've tried to figure that out, too. Um... <laughs> Somebody was, uh, oh, so are you familiar with the Studio Killers, that band? Uh, no. Uh, they have some pretty interesting, uh, yeah, interesting songs. Um, really neat sound. I, I love their stuff. Look up Ode to the Bouncer, um, All Men Are Pigs, uh, Eros and Apollo, a lot of good songs. But anyways, I'm telling my friend about it at work. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And he brings it up. He's like, oh, this sounds really good. I like this song. And then he's like, do they tour? And it's like, there's so much electronica and post work done to the audio. It's like, what's the point of touring? They're just going to play the CD. Yeah. And then he found footage of like a live show. And it's like two DJs like standing at a pedestal um, while lasers go off. And it's like, I, I'd rather just listen to the music on a good speaker system. <laughs> yeah. It is funny, right, because, like, I'm working on music, and I actively perform on that music, but I have that comfort of, like, I did all of the hard parts in my room, and no one heard me, and I pick the best parts, and then I get to process them so they sound even better, and then I get to, you know, you you release, like, the perfect version, and I go, I never have to replicate this ever again, because I don't think I could. Right, and then there's stuff where... I, I really love live music and live musicians, and like I saw Weird Al live, and it's like, well, that's a lot of fun. Yep. But that's also not the best way to see Weird Al. It's more like I love Weird Al so much, I want to see him. Not this is the best way to consume his product. I, yeah, I would say some musicians are like that. For me, like most of the bands I listen to, right? Like I would love to see basically all of them live. Um, but I also really like the um the the the. the concert experience i like the vibe i like the weird fucking people in the mosh pit and all that shit so you're not just going there for music you're going there for a bunch of different things and the music happens yeah. to be there yeah and it's a that's the theme that brings everyone together but really you're there for the experience of of the whole thing yeah okay okay so i got an exercise for us okay let's do an let's do an acting exercise i don't i don't like where this is going but okay I wrote a little script that's really it's really brief, so you don't have to worry. But I think you gotta get, you overcome your fear of acting. I wouldn't say I have a fear of acting. It's just something I don't want to do. So I'm gonna make sure you you want to do acting after how much fun you have with this acting exercise I wrote up. I had this conversation with my brother too about like uh, playing D and D or any other role playing stuff. Where like in theory, I think I would really like it, but in practice, I'm not sure. I would, so uh, okay, you know what? We should talk about D and D after this because that's mm-hmm. a that's a whole font there for me to pull from. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Draw from you. Draw from founts. So, okay, let me. I'll send you the script. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll be playing the role of Superman, and you'll be playing the role of Hitler. <laughs> okay. I don't know how so to do I'll, a German accent. So I'll start, and then just you read your line, and I'll do my line. And it's really, it's really quick. Y'all set? No, I don't know. I don't know how to do a German accent. You got to do your mouth exercises, 
More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And now, another exciting episode in the adventures of Superman. The, I'll set the stage. It's, it's somewhere where Superman would be. And Superman arrives, and he says, I've come to stop you, Hitler. You'll never stop me, Superman, with a German I accent. I will stop you, but only if you hold still for a little bit while I aim my gun. No, I won't. I will ride my bicycle forever. You win this round, Hitler. Or should I say, Lance Armstrong. See, There's I a like, twist. I like this. Uh, this is my jam of dumb comedy. See, this is okay. why we are friends. You're now officially an actor. I did you acted. I did not act. I just, I just said this while trying not to laugh. No, that's the thing. There was, there's words on a screen... Until you spoke them and brought Hitler to life for everyone. I'm glad I could bring Hitler to life for everyone. He's real now because of you. <laughs> you just did this to say that. You're very rude. <laughs> oh god, I'm clipping the microphone. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> okay so dungeons and dragons so uh, you never played D, D before i have not oh so yeah D is a really good example of why i love improv is um like especially when i'm the dungeon master it means that i get many many characters instead of just one <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's actually why my brother prefers to play because he's been really jonesing for D D. And he likes my my dungeon master style. He's been trying to figure out if he should run a game, but then it's like he thinks about it, and he's kind of like you, where he does not like to act his own character, let alone many. Sure. Whereas, like, man, I will do. <laughs> I I have a few voices I can do. I can get in different mindsets. All right. Oh, I love this one game I was running for him and his friends. Um, one of his friends is uh, he's he's kind of on the spectrum. And he thought that it would be interesting to tie that into his character in the game. But not in the sense of just, I'm going to make a wizard who's also autistic. It was like he went out and found the weirdest race he could that would fit in the least with the rest of the party. Which is actually kind of clever. Yeah. And so he got this race of, like, they're crystals. And it's kind of like there was one crystal All with a consciousness, but it shattered. and. Gems. I'm sorry? I say they are the crystal gems. They're here to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> you have poisoned me. Go See, on. look at you. You're acting. You're singing show tunes. <laughs> I don't think I would count that as singing, but sure. Um. So anyways, like each of these shards like turned into a person. Um. But they're kind of like, they, they're not organic. So they don't sleep. They don't have the same like needs as other people. They don't see things the same way as other people. And it's like, that was really fascinating to him to explore. And so it gave him a different kind of angle to look at things through. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that's really cool. I want to lean into that even more and give him the opportunity to do things that the rest of the party can't. And so there was this cool thing where to introduce the whole party, it's like they all met on a ship that was going to this other continent. So they don't know each other, but it's like this long journey. So they're getting to know each other and they're getting close to the continent. And then the crystal guy, um, he can pick up, like, psychic communication. And so, like, they're 
they're looking overboard and it's like, oh, it's kind of cool. Look at all the, the fish swimming. And there's like dolphins that are like bobbing up and down over the surface. But then they look closer and the dolphins weren't dolphins. They're actually mermaids. And it's oh, like, neat. oh, cool. There's mermaids. And they're all like waving at the mermaids and the mermaids are, are waving back. But then um, I started handing him these handwritten notes. And the handwritten notes were uh, psychic messages he was hearing from the mermaids. And the mermaids were actually trying to warn the rest of the party. And what was funny was, like, I hand him a message. It says, uh, psychic message from mermaid. Um, uh, turn around before it's too late. And so I just hand him this note while I'm describing how much, like, how pretty the whole scene is to everybody. Sure. And they're like, oh, cool, mermaids. And he gets this note, and his face went white, and he didn't know what to tell everybody. <laughs> and so he's sitting there, like, looking at everybody. And then I hand him another note. That so that just had like in all caps and like looked really hastily written. It was like turn away, run, turn away, run, turn away. And I just hand that to him, and then he's like, "Oh, uh, uh, guys, um, the um, the mermaids." Uh, and then I hand him another note that it was like it had broken English and like words are missing from the sentence, and it was like cryptic, but clearly like the word danger stuck out. But it was all like scribbles, like it was kind of this urgently written thing, mm-hmm. and I just sort of hand that to him, and he's like, "Guys, we should turn around." And then, like right then, I had the ship like hit something, and they all like all the mermaids scattered and disappeared under the surface, and it was this neat moment where he was trying to catch up the party and what they were saying before the monsters showed up and started attacking, and it was just it was just it was a moment that. I wish I could capture how much fun this was in writing. Yeah. Because it's a lot more fun to do in person than to just sort of recount the time that somebody had a talk with a mermaid. I don't know. I smiled through that whole story. Like, that was very charming. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, I I appreciate it on on a couple different levels, right? Like, as a storytelling tool, like, it's really cool. Like, I like to tell stories. I write a short story, like, once every two weeks because... I have nothing else going on, and I have to bother my friends with my bullshit. And so, like, all of that thing you set up is, is like, okay, there's a group of people, there's one that's completely different, maybe no one likes him because I don't trust him, and he's trying to warn them of a danger, and they're looking at this beautiful thing. Like, it just, it's really good tension for the start of a story. Like, it's a great way to start something. You think so? Yeah. Aww. I'd read that book. I'm trying to remember... See this, and this is how the <laughs> the the people I was running this game for. They, I think, they all wanted something different out of the game. Sure. And it was one of those things where they really did not want to be like railroaded. They wanted to have like this open world to explore. So I like I drew up a whole map. I think I sent you this map too, where it kind of looked like a Tolkien esque fantasy world. But there was a lot of, like, blank spots, and the idea was I gave the party that map, and they would, like, fill things out and take notes as they explore. And I gave them, like, directions, like, okay, you're in the town, and you see, like, wanted posters and, like, help wanted posters, and um, there's a, there's a, what is it, like, a caravan over there that looks like they're getting ready to travel north, and, like, there's an inn over here, like, what do you guys want to do? And, like, I don't know. It's like, okay, like, do you want to do anything? Like, I I was told to not railroad anybody, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to actually explore or do anything dangerous. So I got to the point where someone looked at the map, was like, well, I want to go to this elf city that's on the opposite side of the continent. It's like, okay, do you want to get on the, the caravan thing? It's like, well, are they going to charge us money? Uh, well, you could ask, do you want to approach them? It's like, well, no, let's just walk. <laughs> like, walk okay. across the continent for no reason. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, let's look at the map. Um, There's not a lot of details here. Do you want to go through this, like, valley, or do you want to go over here through this thing labeled Candy Forest? Like, let's go to the Candy Forest. So they're they're walking through the forest, and there's, like, a whole lot of nothing, except there's these weird houses that look like they're made out of gingerbread and candy and stuff. And they're like, well, that's weird. I was like, okay, do you you want to investigate the candy house? Uh, No, we should probably stay away. Like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, why are you playing this? Well, yeah. So they walk past the candy house <laughs> just to, like, go for a while. And then, like, they decide to stay through the night. So they set up a campfire. 
and at night there was this like eerie blue flame that appeared in the distance and it kind of looked like two eyes that were watching them um and then like somebody was like hey what is that and like woke up the rest of the party and they all looked at it and then the flame like left like it flew away through the forest like it was running away well it's probably nothing we should go back to sleep okay let's see that so they they didn't pursue the mysterious will-o'-the-wisp and then they came across the second candy house that looked identical to the first one and somebody was like oh you know what enough of this that, that that's suspicious to see two of these candy houses let's go knock on that door so they walk up and they knock on the door and this guy opens it He's like what do you want oh is this a real candy house no it's painted well that's all i guess <laughs> and then they left and this was like week eight of our game. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, they—I I don't know how many times we broke to like watch a funny YouTube video that I reminded somebody of with my humor. Like it—it it wasn't working out. And it's like, man, I—I I had a lot of stuff written up here. <laughs> if I still have my notes somewhere, I could still use the whole game because technically I haven't started it yet. Sure. But <laughs> I, I do love the improv part. My brother played D&D once with, um, he was in Arizona for a wedding with uh, people, some of his friends, some of his people he didn't, didn't know, and they played Dungeons and Dragons, like, the night before the wedding. And uh, he had, like, a ton of fucking fun, and he's, like, ever since then, he's sort of like, man, we should play that again, but we would need enough people to do it. And neither of us really know enough people to do it, at least enough that would be, want to be involved. Yeah, that's the hardest part, for sure. Because I feel like you need at least, like, four or five, right? Like, you want... So well, it's funny. I, I ran a game once for just my brother and Richard. And, I mean, I just... I scaled it around... Like, the encounters were small enough that two people could overcome them. Okay. But it also made for easier storytelling. Because what I find sometimes is when you have a party of four or five people, it turns into the Lord of the Rings where, like, one guy has to be Boromir... Sure. You know what I mean? And, like, one guy is going to be, like, well, I, I want to get the glory kill, so I'm going to try. I want to ride on the elephant's snout riding down while I shoot arrows. And then everyone else at the table has to, like, roll their eyes and go, like, why not? And then he'll actually roll well. And it's like, okay, that's that's canon now. Print the DVD. <laughs> um, so what was really interesting with this game I was running for for Matt and Richard was because it was just two people. They had this interesting party dynamic where it wasn't like the tank and the healer and the DPS. It's like they were both basically DPS. Okay. But one was a big minotaur and the other one was like a, a sneaky little rogue cat person. Mm-hmm. So they kind of complement each other in having a different approach to things. But it wasn't like a stereotypical D&D party. I'm pretty sure that is a... That was a good 2v2 in World of Warcraft when I played. It was Rogue and, and Feral Druid. So you got the kind of Minotaur thing in the Tauren, and then a, a sneaky person is the Rogue. Right, and that's the thing. These encounters kind of turned into like the kind of quests you would see in an MMO when you're playing by yourself. Mm-hmm. Where it's not about the party sell- setting out on a fellowship. It's like these two were captured by slave traders and they escaped, but they don't know what part of the country they're in now. So it's like, okay, here's these two guys. What are they going to do? And it was a little easier to believe them traveling together. It was easier yeah. to like fit them into places where it's like, well, let's sneak on that caravan because we can just we can like climb onto their their cargo thing because there's only two of us. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of stuff. And it actually kind of worked out. I was surprised. That's another like, I like that premise. It's not unique or anything, but there's just a lot you can do with it right off the bat, right? So you. You throw them in basically into this giant area, and it's just like, you can go and do whatever. I have shit planned for whichever direction. Yeah, honestly, that's one of the hardest parts of uh, of starting a game, is like, do these people know each other or not? Mm. Because it's kind of weird to just kind of, uh, like, here's these four people that are all super cool friends. Yeah. Not that that doesn't happen, but when... And this is also going to, to really depend on your players. Are they going to roleplay their character super seriously? Or are they just, I'm, I have the wizard class, what's my good spell? Because maybe that doesn't even matter. 
Sure. But I, I tend to play with people that role play really seriously. And it's like everybody has these characters where it's like, oh, I'm a loner. And uh, my my brother killed my whole ninja clan. So now I'm printed on the T-shirts. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so <laughs> I think I've told you about this one. Did I tell you when I was playing that Naruto tabletop game? I don't know if I know this story. Oh, gee whiz. This takes me back. So there was a Naruto like D&D rule set somebody made. And this was back when I played on this forum. So I didn't know any of these people personally. And this one guy got super hyper ambitious about it. So, of course, it wasn't going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But he was accepting a whole bunch of people. And it, there was like so many people got involved that he had like three sub DMs oh, that he God. would delegate to. And we were broken into like smaller groups. But the idea was we'd have our own adventures and then there'd like there'd be a point where this big threat showed up and so all of our squads would come together like in the show. Mm-hmm. So my squad, it, we were randomly like divvied out. Everyone had to make their character and you're like you're go you're you just graduated the Shunin exam. You're you're a really young ninja, but you're officially a ninja. Okay. But you'd make a level one character. They draw the names out of the hat and assign everybody the squad leader. And it's like, okay, here's the three squad leaders that are going to be the DMs. And it's like one of them was this this medic lady that used to fight in the war. So she's seen action, but she's, like, reasonable, too. And then there was this, like, tough guy who, like, he's he's a really good ninja, but he's, like, really by the books. And then there's this other guy who's, like, he's 12 but he has a tattoo that's magic, and he's Sasuke. But, Blade. like, Sasuke with, like, Super Saiyan hair. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I really hope I don't get him. So I got him. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, I hope my, my squad mates are cool, too. Both my squad mates were Sasuke with swords. And it's like, okay, why not? This is what you get for, for trying to do Naruto. Well, what's <laughs> weird strangers. is that they were the only two... <laughs> They were the only two people that made these like Sasuke ripoff characters. Everybody else is cool. I don't know why I got put in this group. <laughs> so, so my character, <clears throat> he was a he was a loser. Mm-hmm. Like everyone went for like I want the fireball ability and I want the running on water ability and I want the like extra sword ability. And it's like, well, everybody's picking that stuff. I better pick something else. So, <laughs> like I picked these like boring utility abilities. So, like, one of them was, like, I can magically sew clothes back together. So, if there's, like, if something's torn or if we have to, like, construct a trap, I can do that. And everybody was, like, why are you picking that? That's really and, useful. Wish well, I that's had the that thing. I was, playing, I, was, I was playing the game correctly. Everyone else just wanted to be, you know, cool. Yeah. So, it's, like, oh, whatever. I just, like, I'm trying. My character looked really stupid. <laughs> just, it was, it was kind of funny. Um, so it starts, and the uh, and the um, squad leader is like, like I'm going to test you guys. If you guys don't pass the test, then you're not going to be ninjas. It's like, okay. But you already it's passed like, okay. the test. That's the whole premise, right? I'm the boss. And if you follow me to the woods, I'll test you there. And so we're like, supposed to run on rooftops. And I'm new to this system. So it's like, okay, so everybody like do a check to see if you can just jump to the rooftop. Because that's what they do in Naruto. Mm-hmm. And so I rolled like a two. So I didn't jump very well. And then everybody else is like, well, why didn't you just take 20 and like automatically do it right? And if the, if you could just do that, why ask for a roll? Why would I yeah. not do that? Like, I don't understand. The, who, the guy running it wasn't very good. I mean, the, the thing, right, is like the best stories and the best characters are super flawed. So if you pick someone who's really bad at the thing he's trying to do, it's going to be more compelling than someone who succeeds at it. And so it's just really frustrating to me to be like, like the idea that you have a shitty character with shitty powers, how do you solve problems is way more interesting than how does Sasuke with magic tattoos solve problems, right? Well, exactly. So get this mental image of, like, Naruto show and three Sasukes just, like, jump to the rooftop. And then there's this one guy that, like, he's, like, crawling and struggling over the top and he's got these thick glasses and a green coat that covers his face. And he's like, I'm, I'm catching up, guys. I'm catching up. And all the Sasuke's are looking at him. And the two students are like, you're going to fail us. It's your fault that we're not going to be ninjas. It's going to be your fault. And the squad leader's like, yeah, it's your fault. You're stupid. And I'm, like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying. 
and then we have to jump again. And I roll like a one on the jump, even though I, I took 20 like they told me to, but I rolled a one, so it's a critical miss. So I'm like going to fall <laughs> off the building. So like, I just as I start to fall, it's like, okay, I'll use my Naruto ability to like focus all my chakra into my feet and stick to the wall so I catch myself. So it's like, I can save my moment here. And then they start yelling at me for using up all my chakra, because I don't have that much at level one. Right. I'm going to need it later. And it's like, you just pushed me off a building. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want from me? And they're just berating me. It's like you shouldn't have to try this hard just to climb a building. Oh, like we're we're not even in the forest yet, and you're like half tired. And they're, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm catching up. And it's just this like walking embarrassment thing. Mm-hmm. So we get to the woods, and then the the squad leader's like, "Okay, here's your test. Uh, you three have to work together to to beat me in combat." And it's like, okay, I, th- I mean, if that's what the test is. And then the guy's sister shows up and says, Sasuke-san-sama, you can't, you gotta go easy on those kids. You can't use your tattoo powers. And it's like, oh, sis, you, you know me. I can't hold back. I, I'm the beast. It's like, oh, come on, yeah. <laughs> so, so now we have, like, a witness for our murders. So, <laughs> immediately, like, the three of us are, get a moment to get together. And it's like, okay, guys, what's the plan? And the two Sasuke's are like, uh, we're, we're just attack them. We can't do anything else anyways. It's like, that's not much of a plan. It's like, okay, let's do it. So, <laughs> the two Sasuke's, like, charge at them with their ninja swords. And, of course, like, the squad leader just, like, teleports behind them. And says, nothing personnel, kid. And, like really messes him up. <laughs> like, it was just so god moddy and sad, and I don't think he even rolled numbers. It was like, what's the point of this game? Yeah, like, somebody bullies this guy in school, and he's taking it out on us. Were but these it's adults, like, or were these kids? I don't know. It was a forum thing. Oh, okay. So I, I really don't know. But it was just like, I'm watching this play out, and he, like, disarmed both of them, and then, like, hit both of them with the hilt of the swords that they had. To knock them both out. And his sister shows up and like grabs them and like is healing them. It's like, oh Sasuke Samazan, you gotta you gotta go nice. And it's like, oh who cares? It's over anyways. And but my character's still there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, hey, I'm still standing. Um and <laughs> he turns around and is like, like, what are you seriously, what are you gonna do? The the other two Sasuke's were way more Sasuke than you could ever be. Um, and so <laughs> this is what I did. And it's like, well, yeah, I could still beat you though, because I know how to run really fast, and I ran away. <laughs> so as I'm running, I look up, and he's jumping on the tree branches like above me, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You can't outrun me." Um, and I was like, "Oh yeah, well, like I bet you can't outrun yourself." And I use my transform ability to look just like him, and I like, and I give him the finger. And now he's really angry. So he, like, teleports in front of me, but he used the transform ability to look like my character, but with, like, a broken arm and, like, a busted face, and he's all bloodied. And he's like, well, this is what you're gonna look like when I'm done with you. And he grabbed my character's arm and, like, broke it and, like, threw me into a tree or something. And then, like, it fades to black, and my character wakes up in the hospital. And the, the squad leader's, like, standing over our beds. He's like, you guys didn't do very good out in the woods. Like, I don't know how I can pass you guys. That was awful. And then I said, well, I thought we won. And he's like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and I said, well, like, your sister saw. Um, I'm pretty sure I broke your arm and threw you into a tree. And everybody's like, wait a minute. And then, like, my character passed out. But then they, but then the the squad leader, like, smirked into the camera and said, you guys are going to be all right. And, like, fade to black. (laughs) It hurts so bad, but I like it. It That's stupid. Yeah. And then the game never proceeded after that. But I'm so happy we, like, finished the prologue episode like that. Yeah. Because it actually kind of had this payoff where it's like, hey, you know, after all this childishness, this is kind of a fun adventure. Sure. I, I do like how, it, I li- I like how it did pay off, too, where you, you tricked him into beating you up wait, since you switched forms. Like, technically you won. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, it's cute. Like, it seems like something that would have been planned out, but it wasn't. Yeah, that's the thing. It almost felt like an actual Naruto episode. Mm-hmm. Like a filler and- one. 
And especially in the way that, like, those earlier Naruto episodes just set up Naruto himself as such an idiot. Yeah. But it's like he becomes something greater. And it's like, I'm next to all these Sasuke's. I'm going to be triple Naruto by the time I'm done. <laughs> I remember, God, I think this was at some point years ago we had talked about doing Dungeons and Dragons. And I wanted to make a gnome character that wanted to be an artist and not a, uh, not like a builder or a tinkerer. And so his parents disowned him and threw him out. He, like, shaved his beard or something. And his whole thing was just, like, I want to be an artist and draw flowers that look like vaginas. <laughs> I like that. I like I it. It's a fun concept of a character. I know, right? Like, that would be so fun. He'd just be fucking terrible. Like, what class is he? He's like, I don't give a shit. He's a painter. <laughs> He's probably not even very good at it. So I love my uh, my dwarf character on, um, on Warcraft right now. Have I sent you pictures of him? Uh, I don't know if I've seen your dwarf. Are you, he... you mean uh, Honey Giggles? No. The dwarf is like he's he looks really dirty. Oh, he's and he rides a he rides a rat. <laughs> you can get a rat mount? No, I like it. Yeah, he <laughs> he looks as, he looks awful. Um but his whole like backstory thing is that like his wife died because they're both slaves to Ragnaros. Okay. And a lot of dwarves died. So he's kinda like just sad about that. Because he misses his wife. Mm-hmm. And so what he's doing now is he just wants to kind of travel the world and like see all the places that him and his wife wanted to see. And his class is the monk. So he's the brewmaster monk. So he's the drunken master. Okay. So what I do is I don't equip any monk gear and he just wears these like dirty rags and he has a keg with him and he, he, his profession is inscription. So he just walks around and (laughs) I have a toy where you, you use it. And once a day you write one of those dirty novels (laughs) <laughs> so like his whole thing is that he just he's traveling the world writing this literature and like handing it out to people um and he's got his giant rat buddy i now have a screenshot here somewhere when you said his wife died my first <laughs> thought was like you know it'd be funny if it's like someone's like i'm sad my wife is dead it's like we'll just get a divorce <laughs> <laughs> i like that that's, like, that's <laughs> a good answer dude that's <laughs> just stupid as fuck <laughs> I remember that or something. Now you can be funny. happy your ex is dead. <laughs> That's perfect, dude. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to use that in something. I feel like you'll get more mileage out of it than I will. That's hilarious. Ah. Uh, so anyways. That's a comedy night joke, but go on. <laughs> so anyways, I mean that's that's my whole character's backstory, is that he's just a drunk guy that punches people. That's it. There you go. Yeah, it's fun. And it actually, it kind of works. It's fun. We're um, we're at an hour three. Do we want to do a glad space and then head out? Yeah. Um. Do you have a glad space? Uh. Yeah. I've I've been um. Every once in a while, I've been watching these YouTube videos for mixing. Uh. This guy's called Hardcore Music Studio. He does tutorials and and all that kind of stuff on um, mixing heavy metal and uh, hard rock. Not all of his videos are perfect. He does that thing where he has, he's like, it seems like he has to release like a lot of stuff to stay relevant in the, the metrics. Uh, but the stuff that where he gives advice, like the advice is usually really, really good. Like I'm not so much that I'm learning stuff, but I'm confirming things I'm doing. Uh, but I like his way of speaking. I like his, his use of examples. So I'm really enjoying his channel. And it's like if anybody wants to get into music production, like there are really good resources on YouTube. And I feel like this guy is one of them. Uh, he had a really good video on like dual tracking vocals and how to do it properly and his whole like philosophy is like if you try to make everything sound big then nothing sounds big and it's like shit that is a really good point like i've i'm largely going in that direction already but it does make me think about what i've done and like maybe there's tweaks i can make because if everything sounds like the climax to a song then you don't have a climax to your song right like and so stuff like that is is nice to know so he's he's pretty good that's oh, actually a really good one and yeah, I like my dwarf too. Um, so my glad space was kind of stupid. What was it? Oh, now I remember. My uh, my Reaper Figma came in the mail. Oh, cool! It was just actually like this is like a couple months sooner than I thought I would see him. And I gotta say, the sculpt is really good. I'm still disappointed that the Widowmaker didn't look that great. Because I would love to have Reaper and Widowmaker yeah. fighting. Because um, I got Tracer and Genji. 
So it'd be cool to have two bad guys and two good guys, and I could pose them together. But now I'm just... I could probably pose Reaper like he's shooting both of them. But it's not quite the same. But I'm really happy with Reaper, so... Nice. That's my uh, my Overwatch story. Oh, the the fanfic we, we talked about in the beginning of the show. I'm probably going to post that to the comicspodcast.com, where I post a bunch of my other short stories. Oh, sweet. Yet, but I have a feeling that one will go up there. I posted it on my other dumb blog, but... Uh, I don't like that. That URL is not worth it. That is just a WordPress dot whatever, whatever. So comicspodcast.com, I'll have, I'll probably post it there and people can read how stupid it is. What's the next fan fiction on the comics podcast going to be? I, we talked about doing Star Wars and I don't know if we're going to hold each other to that or not. I want to do Star Wars. But if we are, I have a feeling it will probably be like Ewok erotica. I want to do a dramatic reading of something. I, I, I remember my thing was like, yub nub, more like tug tug. I was playing Battlefront with my friend Matt, yeah. and he was like, um, we're, we're playing for a long time, and we're talking about Star Wars and things, and I can't talk about Star Wars without doing impressions, and he kept saying, like, dude, that's a really good job of the hut. Dude, that's a really good George Lucas. And at some point, it felt like backhanded compliments. <laughs> Normally I get like five or six likes on my short story, and this Batman Eat the Rich only has one on WordPress. Oh, really? So that's disappointing. Yeah. That is disappointing. I remember I, I I showed a paragraph of it in a writing Discord to show someone like, hey, this is how I write when I'm drunk. And someone else just started commenting about like the structure and word choice, and oh, does this show up again later? Because if it doesn't, you should cut it. And like all this dumb shit, it's like, dude... I'm drunk. Like, do you not understand? Like, right now, this moment, I just got done writing this and I am drunk. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> so sometimes the writer discords aren't super useful. Oh, I don't understand. Before we close out, I think we got some questions. Um, so th- this was on the Merchant's Guild Discord. And Redacted asks, Why do rich people wear those stupid little hats? And he posted a picture of a yarmulke, because that's very funny. Oh, that... I don't know if I like that. That's um, that's great humor there, buddy. Keep yeah. it up. Maybe don't do that. Or do, I don't know. Please don't. <laughs> Actually, he, he asked another question, but I'm not even going to repeat that one. Jeez. <laughs> so anyways, um, a better glad space would be Space Station 13. Everybody, watch YouTube videos of it. And figure out if you want to try playing it. I don't recommend you just jump in. Sure. And I think okay. with that, are we done? Yeah, yeah. Good night, everybody. Remember, night. you you too can be an actor. Just like Chad overcame his fears and became Hitler. Yes, I am um, now the greatest thespian Hitler. Th- do you remember that uh, that Saturday Night Live skit, uh, the the master thespian? No. It was just it was Phil Hartman being like a really bad actor, but with this like grandiose attitude that he's this great actor. And it was always like whoever whoever booked him was like like you're terrible at acting. What are you even doing here? And then he'd like point his finger and say, uh, you know, I can answer with one phrase: pull my finger. And then it was like what? Why? And the guy would pull on his finger and he'd fart. And he's like, well, how did you do that? Acting brilliant. <laughs> Those are great skits. I miss Saturn Life. Oh. Good night, everybody. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>